Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Post-Sunday Podcast. I am your host today, not always, but today specifically. I'm the lead pastor of Genesis Church, Tim Grandstaff, and I have my co-host, who's normally the host, sitting across the table. We switch seats today. This is the creative arts pastor of Genesis Church, Pastor Johnny Sierra. What is up? I'm excited, man. You know what happened I'm today? A, I'm in a hot seat today. The best part about today? <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> so for all of our faithful listeners and for all of our new listeners that we welcome into the Post Sunday podcast, usually Johnny is the host. He produces this whole show and uh, I get to sit across the table from him and just speak into the stories. And because he preached this past Sunday, we have switched seats. And so the Post Sunday podcast presented by Genesis Church is a podcast dedicated to diving deeper into God's word. We air this weekly, um, and it is an extension, really, of our Sunday services. You don't have to attend them to listen to the podcast. Hopefully, if you're reading God's story, this is just an extension to help you go further as well. But if you are in the Orlando area, we would love to have you. Johnny, we have services at 9.30 a.m. and 11. Did you know this? Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes you might not remember that part. Um, and so 9.30 and 11 a.m., you can follow us at genesischurchorlando.com to get all the information about Genesis Church and who we are. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, a Facebook page, and then you can listen to this podcast on Spotify and iTunes. We're on both. And, uh, and so you can take this wherever you go, whether you're in your house or you're at work, whether you're driving somewhere or you're taking a walk or a jog around your neighborhood or at the gym working out. This is a great opportunity for you to take this podcast with you into all of those spheres of life and continue to learn because that is the ultimate goal that we would help you learn. This is episode 12. Yes, sir. Good Did job, I get the, the summary right? Fantastic. And yeah. I got it quick. <laughs> I got it quick because we're giving you a lot of time today because I found out yesterday you needed a lot of time to, to deliver I, your you message. I, I had a lot of time. Yeah. Like for service, we like, I think they were done literally by like, like almost around 10, a little after 10, maybe no, no sooner. Nine, like nine forty. No, you're way, way. The service starts at nine 30. So they can't be done at nine 45. So like, <laughs> 10, that's what I'm saying. I think it was like a 10, 10, oh, no. five. Yeah. yeah worship, no. worship. And uh, so I had, uh, I feel like I had a, a good, for those listening right now, Johnny Sierra now owns the record. For the longest sermon delivered at Genesis Church, ah, second service. <laughs> that is so the running joke today, if you're listening, is that we don't we don't really have to go deeper today and farther because you took enough time to explain it all yesterday in the it's second not, service. Yeah, exactly. The second service, the, 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 the service rails people. just fell off because you're like, hey, there's no service after this. So I just I just keep going with it. And I will admit I had that in my head a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> there is no time restraint right now. Now that I'm in control, you're in trouble. <laughs> 
So as you're listening today, um, we have been enjoying this podcast because we have been walking through what we are calling the never-ending story. We're taking an adventure through the Word of God. We started, which was awesome, on January 1st, so it couldn't have just lined up more perfectly. And we're taking it all the way through the year 2023, and we're going through the stories of God. And I think that you need to understand that as you listen to this podcast, because there are chapters, there are characters, there are books that we would love to to learn about. Um, but the year for this year, the scope is the stories. And so there are key stories. And so some stories were in for just one week. Other stories were in for multiple weeks, depending on what is in the story and why you need to see it. And ultimately, we're in it because we're trying to teach you and show you the thread of God's story. And that's really what this is all about, is beginning to learn how to take this big, long, wide book that we call the Bible that many people go, there's no way I'll ever understand this and begin to shrink it. Yeah. And shrink it not in its its uh, power, shrink it in the sense of it makes sense. The story doesn't seem so big and long and wide as much as all of a sudden there's this core piece running through it that allows it to make sense. And Johnny, you did such a great job yesterday, as I said, coming um, back from Brazil late Saturday night for myself on a missions trip. We were jet lagged and all, bro. All the above. Um, I watched the first service online from home. And then I came in to be able to watch it to live in a second. In the second. I got to eat twice yesterday <laughs> of the goodness that is Johnny Sierra. And um, so yeah, my beanie. yeah, I know you put a lot of time yeah. into it. You know, we've been talking about yeah. this for quite some time. I know this is something that you wanted to be able to deliver. And so those of you that are listening today, we hope and we pray that what happens in this podcast doesn't just give you more head knowledge. That's not the goal. However, we want to help transform your mind through the power of God's word. Um, But that transformation isn't supposed to just stay in your head. It's supposed to move to your heart, which changes your actions. And so really, it's how does this really move me in my life or me in the lives of people around me because of the power of God at work. And that's the amazing thing I think people miss. There's so many people that go, I don't think I can understand the Bible. Then we get in these stories and they realize how relevant their story is to the story you're telling and they go oh my gosh i can relate to this yeah. and you did such a great job with that yesterday uh chad the week before of making the story of joseph that in many ways is unrelatable being sold being thrown in a pit you know father being lied to that your son is dead and gone you know the whole works um being arrested being accused being in a dungeon, you know, to becoming the second in command, you know, the vice president of Egypt. It like, okay, no one's story can relate to that. And then all of a sudden you go, but wait, there are pieces because people have been betrayed and people have been lied to and people have been uh, living lives where they feel like they're in a pit or a dungeon wondering if God is there and God is at work. And that is the power of the story of God. And so yesterday you picked up the second half of the story, yeah. which you did such a great job of connecting back to what Chad was doing the week before. And that is really taking this concept that Joseph wasn't chasing a dream. Yeah. He had been given a dream by God. And there are a lot of people that that, they have these dreams by God and they're like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. God gives me. No, he wasn't chasing it. It had been given to him by God and he didn't always quite know what for. And as you picked up yesterday, you know, you picked up into the point of dream number two. Yeah. 
there's two dreams in the story. And really, it's like, what do I do with this? And you immediately just right out the gate was like, but God, mm. but God. Tell, yeah. tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, this, this message was a, little, a lot, very emotional for me um, throughout the week. I just knew, um, I love the story of Joseph. And for some reason in my life, I knew I, I, I wanted to preach it and I was going to, uh, and I knew it was going to come out of a very emotional uh, heart because of my my past and what I've been through. I really related through uh, Joseph's life because of some uh, just the traumas, you know, and, 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 and just the forgiveness story. But uh, basically just we began in Genesis 41 where he's basically now, uh, he's, he's pretty much finished interpreting the dreams of the baker and the cupbearer, and he's been forgotten for two years. And now uh, we're at a point where now Pharaoh is having these dreams, and he's now wanting some interpretation of these dreams and right out the gate, man, like this baker or the cupbearer, sorry, he um he's right. He's like, oh my gosh, I literally have forgotten uh, what you know my kind of like uh, my promise basically to to this guy that that I told him I would be I would be back. Um, I would I would remi- I would basically remember him in this time. So um, yeah, we left. We started off of there. And uh, I, I just, I really, I wanted to bring, and you were saying like head knowledge, uh, you know, with you guys, it's like, I, you, you guys bring such great theology and thre- th- great content. And you, you know, if you guys saw me weeks prior, I literally like robbed Pastor Tim's office with all his books. And <laughs> <laughs> I got new ones and came in yeah. and they literally, I got them, brought them in and they were gone. And I was like, I just put these in here yesterday. Yeah, yeah. They're all gone already. <laughs> so it was like it was a little bit of a battle for me because I do want to bring some information, but I also want to bring inspiration too. I want to bring some uh, an opportunity uh, to share my personal testimony with this uh, and really bring this together and tie it in uh, where it relates. And yeah. so, well, you did such a great job making it relatable. And if you're listening right now, I think there's so many aspects of the story of Joseph. You know, just the words you've used already of forgotten, you know, coming out of Brazil, uh, there's so many times where you just had to look at someone and say, God sees you because of the poverty they live in. They feel forgotten. They feel forgotten by the government, forgotten by the town around them. But there's people in America or in their circumstance right now that they feel forgotten. And you talked about um, Joseph's life is being developed in God's plan. And that's the scope is the development we're seeing from this young boy who gets this coat placed upon him to the development of being, you know, vice president of Egypt. And, and someone would look at that and quickly in a snapshot, they'd be like, well, how is God, God, I want you to get me there to that place, to that statute, to that, to that level, to that prominence. And they don't pay attention to the development. Like you just said, two years. Yeah. Like we're not talking about two weeks. We're not talking about two months. We're talking about two long years. How many people are walking around right now feeling like, God, I've been wrestling with you for a long time and I feel forgotten by you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, we see that he was developed in uh, uh, multiple different places of darkness in his life. Um, Honestly, God prepares you. God prepares you for what he calls you to. 
And, you know, for me, I, I relate this a lot with my life because I felt like uh, at the age of 16, I kind of had that call in my life for ministry. I felt it. Um, and I had a, f- a few pastors kind of confirm that for me. Uh, but it just didn't, you know, it, it, there was no details. Uh, little would I know that uh, from 16 all the way till 36 years old, uh, that is when full-time ministry would begin for me. But in between, you know, the ins and outs, I'm frustrated, you know, and I'm just, I'm battling with God. Like, what, what's your timing look like here? Um, and I referenced it back. I referenced, I, I, I brought in a Lego uh, set to yeah. uh, the altar um, yesterday, and I really wanted to reference it in, in, in just a, a very simplistic way. That when you buy these Legos, you know, at, at least as a child, you look at the box and you think that's what you're getting. And I think with uh, a lot of us, you know, we, we, we think that, you know, the moment we're just kind of on this, uh, we're rolling really well with God, that everything is just kind of just going to happen right away. And, and we're forgetting that, that if we want purpose, we have to go through a process. And, you know, and, and that's just how things roll. I don't know why. I don't know, uh, you know, how, why God's allowed it to go through in that way. But, you know, I, I heard it said in order to get to, you have to grow, go, go through. Yeah. And I, I, I just, for me, it was just, uh, you know, that's, that's been my life, man, of going through uh, the challenges and adversity and doubts and frustration um, you know, and, and so that's, that's kind of been, been, been how I, so we brought the Lego set in and I, I, I referenced it and I said, you know, listen, a lot of us think that we're, you know, the, at least that as a child, you're getting what's in the front cover and you're not, you open up the, the box and the child kind of has this disappointing face. Um, and, and, and as a father, as a mother, you are letting or reaffirming to them that we're going to get to this place. Like we're going to have this put together. Please trust me. We have the instruction manual, which we know is the best instruction manual of the Bible. But second best is this Lego instruction manual, which is amazing. But, um, you know, we're going to get through this. And, you know, obviously the child just loses attention span is not there, but you're, you're bringing them back in. Hey, yeah. we're building this together. We're building it. And so uh, that was really, I wanted to kickstart the message with really uh, people understanding that uh, life feels like these unscrambled Legos right now, but God is really working some things out. Yeah, if you're, if you're wherever you're at right now, just that picture in your head, does your life feel like a bag of, you know, Legos with a bunch of different pieces that yeah. make no, no sense you know, as to what it's going to look like, you know, and full disclosure here, I hate Legos. (laughs) Like I was not a Lego kid because it takes too much time. Yeah. And my first two were not my third will do it. Um, it kills my back to sit there and just, so, just sit on the floor and do Legos all day long. So I try to navigate through that away uh, from that. I brought the table in specifically to kind of reference because I, I didn't mention it in, in any part of my message, but I had the seat to go with the table. <laughs> so I yeah, was you going need it. to sit on the table, yes. on the seat and just kind of show and laugh at a little bit of how, uh, you know, difficult it is to and uncomfortable it is yes. to be. In, you know, I mean, well, you're on your knees, so you look like you're five, <laughs> you know, wearing your beanie and <laughs> playing with your Legos. I will say this it was really cool because during the second service, I was out in the lobby 
And um, towards the end, well, what I thought was the end, but you know, it went a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to let this go today, yeah. all you listeners. He's and, holding me back. Um, but some of the students had come in from our, yeah. our, our student uh, ministry and there were some children kind of around and they stopped when you brought the Legos out and they just froze. That's cool. And I remember just seeing it in the lobby going, you've literally got them just captivated because you brought Legos to the table. And if you're brand new, uh, we had, I advise you strongly to go back and watch our services. You can do that on YouTube and Facebook at genesischurchorlando.com so that you kind of understand this reference point. But the reason you did this, this Lego illustration, and we were talking about this, was because of this this concept that you were trying to get people to understand that faithfulness is developed yeah. in the darkness. And here's Joseph for two years in a dungeon, you know, for something he didn't do. So he's been accused. He's been betrayed. Uh, he's been given up on uh, by his closest. You, you even made the comment like this is a dysfunctional family. And there's a lot more today we're going to hit on that yeah. that shows the dysfunction of this family in ways that people can't even wrap their hands around sometimes and, and, and their minds around within the scriptures and what sometimes make people go, I just give up. Right. Um, but is that development in the darkness, like you just said, if whoever spoke into your life at 16, that God was going to do something in your life, use you for a purpose, for whatever it is, for ministry. And then they said, but you're going to have to wait 20 years. I don't know if I would have wanted it. You'd have checked out, right? Yeah. Like, like when you said that, I just thought about, it's almost a good thing you didn't know. Yeah, it is. As frustrating as it is, it kept you at least wondering. Yeah. If you knew up front, you would have probably just cashed out, right? Big time, big time. And so, you know, as I spoke a few weeks ago, even on this podcast, that I wrestled with God for two years to start this church. Mm. And no one will ever know what that two years was like. They hear the outcome, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. But that two-year wrestling match with God that was just miserable, you know, or when God called me into ministry, I was flying into this city crazy. from Virginia, from being be away. And God was telling me, if you can go do what you just did back in Virginia, you can do it. For, this is what he told me. You can do it for the people here. Now, in my mind, I thought that meant, because I, I was doing an internship here. Oh, it's for the people I've come to do an internship with. Wow. Had no idea. Decades later, it would be that you're coming back to pastor here. Right. Yeah. So as you said, that process of development and you did such a great job of just simply illustrating it in Legos, you know, the box versus the bag yeah. and what you want versus what you got. And, and so, you know, that, that, that in and of itself was a powerful thing. Yeah. But as you went through it, you started talking about, I think a very, very, um, delicate, yet very powerful um, concept for people right now. And that is forgiveness. And I use the word delicate because you, you were on both sides of the coin. You were talking about forgiveness that people need yeah. and people, forgiveness people need to give. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that they need forgiveness, but they don't want to give forgiveness. Yeah. And and speak into that for, for yeah. a moment. And and just to uh, quickly hit on the, the the faithfulness part, a lot of people don't realize that Joseph was faithful with what he was given. 
The Bible says that he was he was a good manager of Potiphar's home. Basically, managed it to the best of his ability, gave excellence. Like there was a distinction with him. Uh, Pastor Chad mentioned it a few times where the scripture would say God was with him. And so he, he did things with integrity, excellence. You see that in his decision-making. Uh, and even in prison, right? How many of us, uh, even in our darkest moment, would sit there and still make the right choices, still not be bitter, still have a right mindset? And the Bible says that he managed uh, even that prison uh, to the best. Uh, it basically, he was the one that kind of took care of all the rest of the prisoners that were there. He ended up becoming that person that was trusted um, by Potiphar, believe it or not. Uh, it, it was Potiphar put him in a prison. And I, I was kind of, as I was studying a little bit more about this, it wasn't really like actually they, they were saying it's not like a, a full black prison that we would know. It was kind of like this, like this, um, kind of like this this space uh, where it basically like a room, you know, like you would just be locked up and it, it wasn't like too dungeony the way that we kind of interpret it. So it was, it was, it was a place that, that at least, you know, it wasn't as, 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 as bad as we, we think of it, but it was a place where people were locked up uh, and high officials, obviously. And so he still did well with that. He still managed that well. And so that shows his level of faithfulness to God that, hey, man, even in the midst of what I'm going through, uh, I'm still doing things, things with excellence. Mind you, he does not know what he's getting ready to be handed yeah. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing here. It's like we know the end of the story, but uh, but he doesn't. And it's like and, and for many of us, we don't know the end of this story. And it's like, but stay faithful. And so, uh, you know, I mentioned it. I said developing ma- spiritual maturity and wisdom is going to require that you face with the same grace, the loss as you do with the win. And so, however, life is hitting you. You have to stay steady just as God's steady with us. And and then the forgiveness part, man, uh, this is where I really wanted to hone in, man. I just, I, it was real for me. Um, it's, it's what I have experienced, and it's what I wrestled with God all week uh, because I knew I needed to get vulnerable with people. And, you know, we connect through our vulnerability. And so uh, with that, I wanted to not only just go with the simplistic message of forgiveness, I really wanted to hone in deep on what it looked like through Joseph's life, like, how did we know that he forgave? How did we, how did he go, you know, what, what took place? Where is evidence in scripture, right? And I think uh, having someone, at least in my, on my end, as, as I was preparing this message, Pastor Chad was uh, great because he really, uh, I have a tendency of kind of veering off into, into certain thought processes and imagine imagination you know like not that it's just it, my own thought thoughts right? right and and he he always comes and puts the brakes on that because he's like but show me in scripture where yeah. in scripture was that and, and it's like man stop it <laughs> you know like it's it's that that yeah. concept don't don't make the story fit your yeah. story it's how does my story change because of his story? Yes. That's why we always say that. It is yeah. not our story. It is his story. When you reverse that, you yeah. miss a lot in it, and you miss sometimes the meaning of it's it true. because you turn it into something it wasn't meant to be. And, and I think this whole never-ending story has been the unraveling of all that. Many of us have heard stories of Noah in a different way than we brought it. 
this past few uh, weeks. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all these stories you grew up with, you kind of built your own understanding of it and kind of created your own funnel for it. Uh, but uh, now we're just unpacking it to what really Scripture is saying and yeah. what it's revealing to us. Well, you take you take this forgiveness concept. There's not a person listening right now, and there, and you and I sitting at the table across from each other that doesn't struggle with forgiveness. Yeah. I would dare to say every single one of us still has someone in our life we can't forgive or are having a really hard time forgiving, and that's because we think forgiving means forgetting. Mm. That's not what forgiveness is yeah. because you can never forget the hurt or the pain or the wrong done to you. Yeah. You know, And so there's people that have done things wrong to you in pure evil. There is no way you're ever going to forget that, but you can be freed by forgiving it. Yeah. And you, you, you made this statement, and I, I, I remember when I was listening to it in my house and then hearing it again live, you talked about Joseph weeping. You know, he goes back behind the curtain and, and he weeps so loud, others can hear him. And in that, you see the pain, but you said he allowed himself to process the pain. Mm. And so he didn't forget the pain, he yeah. processed it. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I was pulled aside by, uh, I forget her name, it was a lady uh, that basically she's kind of like a psyche, psych, psych, psychiatric therapists uh yeah. just and 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 she was just uh so thankful for this portion of the message because i don't think many of us understand that like you said joseph uh didn't forget you know the bible says that he remembered his dream and a moment he saw his brothers right and he put them through tests and and different things but it always would say like every every interaction with them that he would have he literally couldn't contain himself like so can you you can only imagine the mental battle that he's facing right now do i do what 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 decision am i going to make right now because i have the power to not forgive i have the power to uh, cut their food supply i have the power right now to basically do whatever i want to do to them right now what am i going to do and so uh, i i think we're all in the same boat we have the power to do what we want to do with the people that have yes. Uh, abused us, people that have uh, manipulated us, people that have wronged us. We have a choice to do what we want to do. It may not necessarily look the way uh, it is in Joseph's aspect yep. with his status, yep. but internally you have, you, you are able to do what you want to do and you got to decide. And so allowing himself to process it means he basically uh, just pulled himself away. Of, out of the situation because I can only imagine him uh, le being led by an emotional state like that, how how wrong of a decision he would have made yeah. or how, how I would have taken action into my own hands. And how does that all play into what God's trying to do? Yeah. Right. Because now I'm, I'm just like his father. We, we've talked about that, tried to always mold and just kind of put his hand on things, it seems like. He just took a, such a different approach uh, and basically pulled himself away to come to to basically collect himself and let and, and I would think to really let God and the Holy Spirit to comfort yeah. him in that in what he was doing. And that goes back to your original opening of but God, right? Yeah. And so someone's listening right now going, well, I can't be Joseph. That's that biblical character that's just holier than me, and I can never overcome that. But as you just said, we all have 
we, the decisions we make, you know, what we choose to do right now matters, yeah. right? That's something we say often. Your choices right now matter. And, and for the person that, you know, I've seen this happen where they not only don't want to forgive, they now use that moment instead of forgiving to now uh, hold the power mm. and to manipulate, you know? And so, um, you know, full, full disclosure, you know, I've, I've counseled many, many people in marriages and inevitably, you know, there's marriages where there's an affair or something happened. And so there's deep hurt. And there is deep distrust and there is uh, a deep pain that, that is hard to forgive if you're trying to find reconciliation. However, sometimes I've come across relationships where instead of forgiving, the other party now uses the other person's sin to manipulate wow. and hold power over them. Like since you did this X amount of years ago, for the rest of your life, I'm going to puppet you. Yeah all the way through. And so, as we just said, Joseph could have done that. He could have, you know, manipulated everything about his brothers for all they had done and really caused upon him in his fleshful thinking. But instead he went to God in all these circumstances and had been developed in such a way that he weeps and is broken in this forgiveness. And there's someone listening right now that heard your message yesterday or is listening to this podcast that that is the thing that is keeping them right now from being free, free in the sense of able to move forward the way God intends versus spending your whole life looking backwards because of what happened. And so while you will always glance back, your dad, you will always remember some of the things you went through without him being there. You know, I think you said it, you said, you know, he did such a great job. My parents said of holding our family together. And then yet, you know, cause I, that's what a lot of people say, oh, I'm going through a divorce. The kids don't even notice, They're right? We're doing such a good job with it. it. And I'm like, yeah. that's the most naive, ignorant, um, and sometimes selfish thought that can come out of your mouth. Cause it can never be masked. And you know, so while you said they did a good job, it still hurts you. They, they can't, you can't do a good job in that situation. You are the one who are, is sitting there in the midst of that division. And now you have to deal with the consequences of their decisions. Our decisions affect people all around us. That's sin. It has a ripple effect. It's never just you and someone else. And yet, while you forgave your dad, you still will always remember pieces of your childhood and what you went through. Yeah. I still, yeah, you know, I, I think about, and I think I, 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 I've really, it's so true. Romans eight twenty eight, man. Uh, it, we're basically Paul is telling them like, I, I'm God will use the bad in your life and turn it around for the good. Um, and, and so I, uh, I look at that in my life and I, I see the, what I get to do that's brand new for me through my kids. Like I, I get to do, there's a lot of things that we've been able to do through the nine years that I've had children that I never got to do as a, as a child myself. And every time that I get to do it with them, I'm reminded of the, uh, of the missed opportunities in my life. But then there's that, that being with them in that moment and saying, you know what, like, look at what you've done, God. Like, yes, like I, I may not have had that in my own life, but I, 
I can provide that for my children. Yeah. Like it's, it's such a powerful thing. And I, I don't know if anybody caught on, but at the end of my prayer, uh, my son, my son stood for my message. Um, my son and my youngest daughter, and they were just like, and, and for me, it, it really brought, uh, brought emotional, emo- it brought me to an emotional place because I remember at my youngest daughter's age, I was sitting under the benches hearing my dad preach and little would I know, uh, little, you know, over 30, 30 years later, my son would be watching me preach. And, uh, and, and I, you know, you don't know that stuff, you know, but full circle, man, God always just is so uh, faithful. And you don't know how he's putting things in place, you know. But there's two times Joseph reassured his brothers, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not out to get you guys. I've, I've forgiven you. Um, and what I know from this, and, and it's the second point that I, that I mentioned, is that Joseph focused on the good, like constantly. And I, I think that's, that's something you have to put at the forefront of your mind. Like, pull yourself back, right? As you process the pain, you're pulling yourself back to see the good that God has been doing, right? Sometimes I have to, I have to kind of pause the flow of my life and, and pull myself back to see all that God's done in my life. And so, um, and, and, and that's literally what Joseph had to continue to do in, in Genesis 50. He did it twice in Genesis 45 and in Genesis 50. He told him, don't be afraid. I, am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for the good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So there's, there, if you, as you're listening, there's so much application, right? Like there's so many things that you can now go, oh, wait, I can relate to this story. Yeah. And God may be working in you right now to pick up that phone, to type that text message, to set up that lunch or breakfast meeting because you need to be the one yeah. to say, I forgive you because it's making you miserable inside, yeah. holding on to that. And, and you know, as you spoke into that, you know, you had that quote about it's like drinking poison. Mm-hmm. Holding on to forgiveness is like drinking poison. And so, you know, you think about how many of us wake up every day and we take a sip of poison, right? Because we can't, I can't, I can't, I can't forgive. I can't forgive. And yet with God, you can. Reminding yourself, we're not asking you, and God was never asking you to forget. So that's the application. Let's go integration, right? Let's let's integrate into the story a little bit further because I know there's a whole lot that you was were trying to unpack, and they're like, "Hey, let's save that for the podcast. Let's go here," you know, because one of the things that even I've known about this story is that, you know, even when you forgive someone, you still have this testing period. Yeah. You know, if they're like, "Thank you, I'm so sorry, I, I'll, I'll never do it again. I'm working on me." you still have a little bit of distrust, right? Yeah. Because it was such deep distrust broken for whatever circumstance people are facing. Yeah. Um, what you look into the story and see is there's a parallel of Joseph's full story being played out at the end, right? There's a parallel to what happened to him and what he makes his brothers go through, <laughs> right? Yeah. To maybe feel a little bit of what oh, he yeah. went through. So you could say like, is is he like... Uh, is he poking at them oh, a little yeah. bit? Yes, he is. You, you know, I think so. But he's not doing it in an evil way, yeah. and he's not doing it in a vindictive way. I think that needs to be clarified. Yeah. I think it's more of a of a testing period, yeah. you know. And so, um, you know, I, I was thinking about what he put them through was to see how they were to respond. Yeah. So he's thrown into uh, uh, he, he a throw, cistern, right? Yeah, for three days, and. 
they're thrown into a dungeon for three days, for three days right? Yeah. So yeah. kind of talk about that parallel where, because the same word for cistern is the same word for dungeon. Mm. So you have this in the Hebrew language of the fact that the, the time that he spent in the bottom of that well when they tossed him in yeah. is the same amount of time he sticks them in a dungeon or prison. Yeah. And there's a few other, you know, parallels there yeah. that I think people need to see. Yeah, uh, he uh, basically it just feels like he he wanted to see where their heart was, um, and it's just a, a very I thought out in a sense like plan like you know I'm, I'm not you know how, how else right uh, he doesn't know his brothers are coming well I mean he knows that a famine's coming so I almost to me I wonder like if he's sitting there wondering like kind of scoping everybody out as as the year one you know right we're in year one of this famine um, and they all come and he he, he, he kind of he begins now this uh, this testing basically calling them thieves and he sets them up he sets them up um, puts basically their money back in their sacks. Yeah, think about that. So they, they sell him for money. Yeah. And he puts money back in their sack, and they don't even know who it is doing it. No. But he's 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 mirroring pieces of a story. Of what he's been through. What he's been through. Yeah. And uh, and so, he again, he's just kind of testing their, their, their faithfulness. I, I don't think we really get to, uh, many people don't really dive into the perspective of the brothers because, uh, you know, we just look at Joseph's life. But if you guys uh, know anything, I mean, out of uh, the 12 tribes of Jerusalem would be these 12 brothers. Yes. And, um, and it's fascinating because as much as Joseph has this redemptive story, it feels like on the other side, uh, the flip side of things, these brothers are also having a redemptive story of their own. Um, you know, where now Reuben, you know, the oldest brother is, uh, is wanting to basically, uh, take, take his place to, you know, and, and kind of step in and be, be that brother he's supposed to be where, uh, you know, Judah now is, is stepping in and he's the one who, who basically sold his brother and said, let's just get him sold. And now he's stepping into place for Benjamin and saying, you can take me now. You know, uh, Simeon being the one to, to sit there in a dungeon for a, a year at least yep. because they're, they're, they're basically uh, what Joseph told him was, I'm going to let you guys go, but you need to bring ben, your youngest your youngest brother, because he he just asked, he, he knew, he knew, he asked all the details, they didn't know, but he says, if you come back, if you're going to come back, you come back with your youngest brother, I'm going to hold one of your brothers here, and basically, <laughs> Jacob wasn't allowing that, the dad, and he said, listen, you know, uh, until they needed more food, that's when they basically decided to go back and, oh. you know, talk about this and, transaction. And the parallel in that is that the brothers go back without a brother which is what they do at the beginning of the story with Joseph. They have to return to their father without Joseph. Mm. Now he's made them return without Simeon. Yes. And they have to now look at their father. Explain everything. And go through it again. <laughs> so this is that testing, right? Yeah. So people don't see this like yeah. it wasn't forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> story wasn't forgotten, but he's still forgiving. Yeah. And he's testing them in it. And so yeah, keep going. It's with good. It's good. And, and I mean, again, you know, they I, I can almost imagine they're having to explain themselves before Jacob. Like, this is the stuff we did, Dad. Uh, you know, we, we basically opened up confessing things. But what I found fascinating, too, is that 
every time Joseph put his brothers through these tests, they kept coming back to the murder or the, the selling of their brother. It's like this conviction was over them for over 20 years. Yeah. It's crazy to me, right? And, 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 and they're going through their personal battle, and they, they would say, this is happening to us because of what we did to Joseph. Yeah. Like that, you, you know, after 20 years, you kind of maybe have forgotten some of this stuff maybe, but not them. Nope. It's like they had that conviction for over 20 years in their life. So this is that great debate of like the sins of your fathers. Man. You know, and people are like, well, I don't believe in generational sin or whatever. Yet, you know, we walk around and we claim it. Mm. My dad was an alcoholic, so I have a problem with alcohol. My mom, you know, screamed at the kids and I have a hard time not being angry at my, like someone at some point has to be a chain breaker. Yep. You can't just claim it's not real because that's what we see in the story. What people, if you're listening, just pay attention to this. Half the stories in the Bible that don't make sense to you yeah. are because they weren't supposed to be that way. Yeah. Right? The dysfunction you find where people are like, well, how could God use that person? You know, they did this wrong. They did that wrong. Is ultimately showing the grace and the redemptive work of God to work through our faults and failures yeah. and our sins. Because when you try to explain some of this stuff, it doesn't make sense because it wasn't the way he intended for it to be. And you have this, you claimed it, this dysfunctional family that starts with the story of Jacob yeah. and all the dysfunction through him and his brother Esau and, and what happens there all the way down to what's playing out in all of his sons and all these situations. And even Joseph saying, go get Benjamin. Why? Because they were the only two birthed from Rachel, yeah. whom Jacob truly loved and wanted. And so there is favoritism because these are from, you know, Rachel. These are not the, the children from Leah and, and, the, and the others. Like, and so you see all, and then you, you wonder why people are like, well, why is my life in such a shamble? Because you're not willing to make the decisions necessary to break the chain. Mm. And so you're allowing the dysfunction to continue yeah. when you hold on to things. And ultimately, most of the time, it's holding on to things you don't want to forgive and, and move past. Yeah. You want to stay in them and not let God work in your heart and life. We just we see a lot of references to the Messiah, um, you know, just not only in Joseph's life, and uh, but literally, you know, as 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 he ends up putting a silver cup in their, into their sacks for their kind of a second test. Uh, Benjamin's already with them now. They had a feast. He's letting them go and basically wants to put them through one more test, and he puts a silver cup into uh, the sack of Benjamin, Benjamin's sack. And as they're getting ready to leave, he goes after them and accuses them again of being thieves, and they're like, listen, no, you, you can check all of our stuff. And if you find anything, kill the person that basically uh, has it. And, and, and they're very, seemed like they were very confident with that. And he looks through from oldest to youngest, and he finds it, uh, the silver cup in Benjamin's sack and purposely put there. And you, you just, the Bible says the brothers ripped their, their, their clothing. They were just dis and distraught. Um, but what uh, I think we miss is that um, the, the, the brothers had a chance, right? They were already outside of the city. They had a chance to, to continue and leave, yep. right? And they did it. That, that showed Joseph that of the change that's happening in their heart. Yes. Like for me, 
for Joseph, like they left him. Like they didn't care. For Benjamin now, 20 years later, 22 years later, they're like, no, we got to come back. We have to come back and, and, yeah. and we, have to tr- we have to get him. And the person and the brother that really stepped up that we see really of a, de- a redemptive uh, work in his life is, is Judah. And little do we know is that uh, Judah was the one that, that basically said, I will give up my life for Benjamin. Basically showing again a, uh, an act of the Messiah. But from Judah uh, came the Messiah himself. Yeah, so you, you, if you want to read into this story more, one of the hardest passages in Scripture in the Old Testament to understand is the story of Tamar. Mm. You know, so here is Judah's daughter-in-law who fakes being a prostitute yeah. to sleep with him. And it's like, how do you explain this story? <laughs> like, where, where, where do you get any understanding of yeah. this, this? This is Jerry Springer stuff, it's, right? It's like, that's cool. what this is at this moment in the Bible. Yeah. This is the stuff that don't, doesn't get told in Sunday school, no, <laughs> you know, with your flannel graph, as yeah. we say. <laughs> um, but within that story is God's redemptive work happening. And you say, well, how in the world is a redemptive work happening? Tamar is trying her best to honor in their culture of keeping an heir to keep the family going, right? And what is happening is, is that in, within their culture, within scripture and, and, and eventually in law, if your husband died, his brother was supposed to take you as a wife to carry on the family. It, it, was, it was what was supposed to happen and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen again. And and so she just says, listen, this family, Judah's family, is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. This is part of the dysfunction, right? Whether they think she's cursed because her husband died and they don't want to give her to another man because he might die, whatever. So ultimately it lies in Judah's hands. He's not fulfilling his obligation to her. And just think about if the other two sons don't have a son, the family line stops. That's crazy. Stops right there. So she pretends to be a prostitute. So he sleeps with her. So they have a child. You have to sometimes put it in its full context. And it still doesn't make sense because we didn't live back then, right? To understand the desire to carry on the family legacy, the family heir. And, and it's through Judah, right? As you just said, through this story with Tamar that we get the Messiah. And yet, as you said, as, as we're watching the character of Joseph be developed all throughout this story, we're also watching the development of the family. And so you get Judah, who's the one that steps in in this moment and says, take my life, not his, from the one who had the idea to sell Joseph in the first place. And out of all the brothers, God says, I'm going to work through his his lineage yeah. to bring the Messiah. And that that is sometimes, what we, it's like, how do you wrap your head around that? At the same time, that shows the redemptive work of God. Only God could take pieces of a story in someone's life like this. You sold your brother, your daughter-in-law, you know, fakes being a prostitute to sleep with you because you're not doing your role, to this moment of pure brokenness. Take my life. 
is a radical development in someone's story. Big time, big time. And, you know, one one thing that I, I kind of asked, kept asking myself was like, like, where's Jacob in all this, right? <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, I get it. Joseph is the main central figure here. Um, but you, you, you know, you get him, you know, basically just, you get a few different instances of him basically in, in a very grumpy old man state, like just, and he goes on to say later on when he meets Pharaoh, as, as, uh, pastor Chad alluded to, uh, my, my days have been hard. Right. And, and just like, it just seems like for me, like he, he just, I don't know, just seemed grumpy. Just where was he these last 22 years? Um, and I only say that because the moment that their brothers came back and reported that Joseph was alive, the Bible says that Jacob's spirit revived. Like someone, you have to be in a dead state to be revived, right? Like it's so basically he was just, where is this patriarch man that, that we, you know, see his faith wrestling with God like it just seems like in his perspective like things were done like it just didn't seem like the promises of God were being fulfilled even in his eyes like I lost my son I lost Simeon here he they want Benjamin I'm probably gonna lose him like he it just felt he felt very defeated to me as opposed to somebody that was just you know I don't know praying, being that warrior, you know, we don't know a hundred percent, but just based off of that, his spirit being revived the moment he heard about Joseph, like it just, it makes me feel like, all right, what was happening the last 22 years, you know? And so like the comparison between Jacob and Joseph for me, like I even looked at it that way. I thought about bringing it, this message in that outline, you know, um, but you know, I didn't. I I wanted to hone in on that forgiveness part uh, and really dive into that. But you could just, man, I don't know. You just there's a difference with Joseph and Jacob and their approaches to what, how God fulfilled what He fulfilled in their life. Um, I think we all fought, fall a lot into Jacob's, you yes. know, life as we've talked about the last few weeks. Yep. And Joseph just seems like you know, again, like you were saying earlier, just like out of. Uh, out of our league in a sense in in the way that he handled things but it doesn't mean that we're we can't have those attributes and those even in difficulty you as we, as we kind of funnel this in for our listeners you know what you just said i think is the decision you have to make wherever you're listening from today when you look in the mirror you know, you could be looking in a bathroom mirror right now. You could be looking in a mirror in a hallway of your house. You could be looking in your rearview mirror because you're in your car. I don't know what it is, but you you have to ask yourself, do I want to settle? Yeah. Like God used Jacob all throughout the Bible. It's I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It never leaves him out. No. Never. This never just Abraham and Isaac. It's always Jacob. But Jacob lived a hard, sometimes he says misery-filled yeah. life. Yeah. And God still used him. But do you really want that? Like, is that the decisions and choices you want to make? Well, God used Jacob, you know, to bless the world. So he'll still use me and all my faults and failures. Yes. Or do you want to look at Joseph? Who's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to break the chain, yeah. right? I'm going to, in the midst of my circumstances, 
I'm going to have my character developed even greater. One thing I noticed, uh, sorry to interrupt, but oh, fine. he, um, as he's getting the report of Joseph being alive, um, I, I believe it was, it was then it could have been, it could have been earlier. Correct me if I'm wrong. He, um, prepares like, he's like, he tells his sons, get all this, all of our fruits, all of our, uh, all the things that we have put this together, this basket of, of things to present to this man. And, and for me, I was reminded about how he almost approached his encounter with Esau the yes. same way. Yeah. Like, I want to impress you. What can I do to manipulate this and kind of handle it in my own way and give you my riches and show you everything I have and give it all to you. And, 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 and it basically didn't amount to nothing, you know, at the end of the day, yep. you know? And so I, I was, I was reminded of that too, you know, that again, he's just, he's one that just really wanted to put his hands on stuff and, and really didn't allow God to really, I don't know, fully, immerse himself in situations it just became a, a very diff, more difficult process it eventually yeah. got done yep but it just always felt very hard you 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 did such a great job at the end of wrapping up and you you did this thread yeah. and you know the thread you know um like i said you can go back and listen to it yeah. and watch it um you know if joseph's family wasn't dysfunctional his brothers would have never sold him yeah. if joseph's brothers never sold him as a slave he would have never gone to egypt if joseph had never gone to egypt he would have never been sold to potiphar you know so you, you you why are we doing that why did you do that because through this neverending story we're trying to trace from person to person from generation to generation not just these people we're trying to trace how did the messiah arrive mm. That's the ultimate goal. The promised gift, the, the, the one to overcome sin in Genesis 3 that has promised to bless the world through Abraham, Genesis 12. How do we get to him? And God decides to work how he wants to work, right? And I think about this in the story and, and, and for us today, right? Because the ultimate question to me is, why not Joseph? Here's the one that you look at with the highest character, in the family that has now become the vice president of Egypt. And God doesn't choose him to, to continue his story. So it's back to that for such a time as this, God is going to use some of us for this moment right now. And then he's going to choose you someone else to carry the story on. And it may not be through you that he continues to carry it on, but he uses you right now to make it happen and you have to be available for that or he's going to choose somebody else because you know i was i was reading this this piece and it was talking about tracing the 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 generations to jesus and it said looking ahead into the future it's interesting to see which tribe god ultimately chose to carry on the greatest blessing we were talking about this in a minute a minute ago he said he used joseph to save his family so he did bless him in that one sense he used him for that moment but actually, the ultimate blessing went to Judah, not the firstborn, not the secondborn, not the thirdborn, the fourthborn, and not born of Rachel, born of Leah. So you're thinking, well, if it's not Joseph, it's got to be Jacob, <laughs> yeah. like you said, right? No, it's, it's, it's Judah. And he was the one who would ultimately give rise to Christ. And here's, here's the part that I think shows the absolute heart of Joseph, 
He proclaims it. Think about all you've been through and you get to this point and you still proclaim, but God, you're going to do a work through one of the ones that betrayed me the most. And I'm okay with it. Because in Genesis 49, Jacob's, or Joseph says, the scepter will not depart from Judah, mm. nor the ruler's staff between his feet until he comes to whom it belongs, the Messiah, and the obedience of the nations will be his. So he, at the very end of the story, he says, it's not going to be through me. It's going to be through the one who came up with the idea to sell me. Wow. What, what character is that to say, this is how God's going to choose to work, and I'm okay with it? <laughs> yes, it's amazing. Yeah, you can be impacting somebody right now for something powerful that's going to happen through their life. Right. And, 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 and we see that time and time again, like, um, what was it? Um, who was the one that equipped Paul? Um, I forget his name. Um, he basically came and took out the scales from his eyes. Yep. Um, and oh my gosh, I can't at Cornelius house. Yeah. At Cornelius's house. Um, but it, it was basically God, God called him and said, Hey, you need to go and visit this guy. And he told, he told him, uh, and at that time, Paul had a, a very bad reputation, but he went there and he took, he, he prayed over him. Scales came off. Uh, but there was some type of discipleship too, man. Yeah. And look at what ended up happening with Paul. Like it wasn't even through this individual, yep. uh, Barnabas, I wouldn't know it was Barnabas, um, Gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, it's what you do right yeah, now matters. Basically it is all about yeah. that. And this is the moment where Joseph says, it's not my story, it's God's story. Yeah. Because if it's my story, God, I went through all this stuff and I'm even forgiving my brothers. You got to bless me. Yeah. Instead, you hit this yesterday, he names his sons, right? Yeah. And what are the meanings of his son's names, right? Yeah, so Man- Manasseh is basically God's allowed me to forget the, the the pain and the struggle the of my of, of 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 my life and from my family. Basically. So my heritage I'm gonna leave behind is gonna be a fingerprint of their name will always remind you that I forgave even my troubles. That's what he chose to leave yeah. behind. God chose to then work through Judah yeah. for the Messiah. And by the way it was Anani- Ananias. 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 Yeah. Um Ananias. so you you are sitting in this and you're just going today, what forgiveness am I holding on to? That's like drinking poison. Do I, do I understand God's developing me even in the darkest moments? I have a choice. I can live my life like Jacob and proclaim most of it was a misery, or I can uh, overcome my circumstances and obstacles with God to be developed more like Joseph. And at the end of the day, no matter what, it's still not about me. It's about him. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's, there's a book I remember reading a long time ago, Max Lucado, um, You'll Get Through This. The whole book is about the story of Joseph. So if, if you know someone's going through a hard time, it's a great book to read just because he, he draws some great points from, you know, the story in a different way. But, you know, you ultimately had declared yesterday if all these things don't happen, um, he's not put in prison. He hasn't gone before Pharaoh. He hasn't interpreted the dream. He hasn't, you know, uh, saved his family. We never get Jesus. And if we never get Jesus, then we're all dead in our sin because the hope the world needed doesn't arrive. Yeah. You know, 
that 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 is what we're trying to get people to see in the story of God. Yeah. All this points us to the promised Messiah. How God chooses to get there, it's his story. He's the one who's written it. I just have to watch the people he wrote it through and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to evaluate my life and my circumstances and ask the hard questions. And that's the power. It's the power of all of this. That's the power of, you know, the word that God put in you yesterday for our people, but also for this podcast, for people to take and listen and to chew on, right? Because ultimately some people today listening, you got to chew on this because the Holy Spirit is saying, yep, I'm not asking you to forget, but I am asking you to forgive and you are going to have an all out wrestling match with God. Yeah. And this takes time. It, it takes time. And so we're here. We're here for you guys. If you guys want to uh, DM us on our Instagram post Sunday podcast, um, you can you can send us you know prayer requests, questions, anything that you 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 just need us to be alongside with you because this is not a it's not an easy process to go through. But it's 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 easier when you have company yep. and people with you. So that's it today. Yes. As we wrap this up, um, next week we will tell you that we step into the story of Moses. And the great thing about it is, as you continue this thread, how did the nation of Israel get to Egypt? They came by the famine mm. through Joseph. Yes. And so this is part of the continued story. And it's part of what God prophesied to Abraham when he said, your people you know, will be slaves for 430 years and a land not their own. And so all these prophecies are coming true. We're watching them, and we we land into the story of Moses for a few weeks yeah. because the stories of Moses matter, and, and we'll unpack that. But outside of the story of Jesus, the story of Moses is the most prominent in all of Scripture mm. because for the rest of Scripture, we will read, hear, see glimpses of, shadows of the story of the nation of Israel being freed out of Egypt. And so all of this matters. Obviously, Moses is the author of all these books and stories we're writing right now and reading about because God told him to write them down. And so we'll be stepping into that. So as we always say, any questions you have, you can submit them. You can DM them. We would love for you to check out our website, genesischurchorlando.com. Obviously, hit that subscribe button on Spotify and iTunes. You can leave us a wonderful five-star rating because Johnny hit a home run today. <laughs> and uh, and ultimately, uh, you can also follow us on Instagram. Um, and, and we'll actually be beginning to, um, in the next few weeks, uh, we won't go live, but we will have video yeah. of the podcast coming. So if you want to watch it on YouTube, uh, we'll use Twitter to push that out as well. So we'll have that available. We are using every means possible to give people the opportunity to go deeper into God's spread word. This. And so let's spread it too. If you're, if you're listening today, uh, hit that share button. Yeah. That's always a great opportunity. People that are wanting to learn God's word more, wanting to hear the heart of this church and its pastors are going through maybe some of the very things you've listened and God has placed them on your heart. You share this podcast with them. They can always reach out to us as well. We would love if you're local for you to come visit Genesis Church um, on the east side of Orlando. But this is the post-Sunday podcast presented to you by Genesis Church. And so we are thankful for all of our faithful listeners and most importantly for all of the new ones that are just checking us out. As we always say, wherever you are today, grace and peace. May God be with you. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. 
a place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.